Hello, and welcome to Smash Loot and Roll. Last time, Bowden and Chip encountered a tiefling sellsword hunting devils on the rooftops of Waterdeep. After helping dispatch three devils on the top of Trollskull Manor, Bowden and Chip joined the tiefling Ares in its task to track down the Summoner of the Devils. The trio successfully completed their task and discovered the Summoner to be the niece of Lady Haventree, the hostess of the Rose Ball, the same ball that Adrock and Kelgrace were invited or tasked to attend. We now catch up with our quintet of adventurers on the morning of the Rose Ball. Let's join them and see how they enjoy a night of socialization and dancing. But before we jump into this episode, I'd like to share some information near and dear to all of us. The Mulligan Center, whose mission is to find homes for all lost or missing dice. There are no bad dice. For over three millennium, dice have served mankind faithfully, from the shadows of the Great Pyramids to the back alleyways of ancient Rome, to the trenches of two world wars and beyond. We know them as stoutward rollers and turn to them when delving dungeons deep and treading the darkest realms pushing back the forces of evil while in pursuit of adventure. There is nothing a gamer treasures more than a trusty, reliable, and sometimes lucky die. Unfortunately, each year thousands of dice are lost, fall into disuse, or worse, are labeled as bad or unlucky and cast aside. Fear not, gamer. The Mulligan Center works hard to find these dice rehabilitate them, and find them good homes with gamers willing to give them a new lease on life and a second chance. A do-over, if you will. Every die the Mulligan Center finds undergoes rigorous testing, receives a chemical bath, love, and one simple promise. The Mulligan Center will find them homes with gamers who believe in our cause. This week, the Mulligan Center would like to highlight the dice Nate the Lazy Eight. Nate is a handcrafted D8 spinner die. Very little is known about Nate the Lazy Eight or its providence. Nate was discovered in a tackle box filled with micro-armor pieces, rain sticks, and an assortment of 80s-era dice. This spinner die is made of white oak, turned on a lathe with hand-stenciled numbers. Inserting a string into the handle and pulling like a top is the preferred manner of use, although it can be spun by hand. Nate is truly a unique random number generator, resembling a drydell in both form and function. Nate was clearly a prized item to its original owner, for it was found in its own small velvet pouch with a drawstring. Limited in-house testing has revealed that while Nate is somewhat accurate in producing random numbers 1 to 8, it does favor the 4 result, if not spun vigorously. So please be aware of this flaw. And if you are looking for an 8-sided dice, please check out Nate the Lazy 8. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy episode 36 of Smash Loot and Roll, The Rose Ball. So, last time. You guys were back at Trollskull Manor. Kel Grace and Adrock decided to turn in early while Chip and Bowden decided to have a uh, drinking contest, which led to a drunken fight on the roof. Not so between they... Chip and Bowden, by the way. <laughs> Not as you would expect. <laughs> yeah. Somehow it led to a... a... <laughs> that would be a stain on the roof. <laughs> well, it was such a good fight. They found three devils on the roof that were being chased by a dark, Fabio-haired tiefling. And during the fight, Bowden knocked a hole, knocked a, one of the devils through the roof into his into his bed over the top sledgehammer. But uh, all in all, Chip Bowden and their newfound uh, tiefling friend Ares went on a little bit of side adventure while Kelgrace and Adrock. 
took a bit of, about a day off. So we're going to pick up. You guys have about 24 hours before you got the Rose the Rose Ball to attend at, uh, that is hosted by Lady Havenwood. What questions could I answer before we roll in into the game? Where are we at with the moon? Where are you guys at with the moon? Um, you've got a little over, well, you're halfway halfway through the cycle, so you've got... Just still okay. You've got time. Okay. Just checking. Yep. What a wonderful timing that would have been. Not right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, watch, it's all going to come out in this episode, and I am just not prepared for this one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Lady Calgary. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Who got in a fight? <laughs> Just random people. Uh no. What would the fight was? The uh, well, actually, Aries, would you like to talk about the de- the devils you were chasing around the rooftop? Well, um, I was hired to take out some devils by the city, and that led us to a corpse. Uh, in which we found a uh, a lady with a dress who we tracked back to the the local shop. I, I'm I'm forgetting the name, but it turned out that she was the 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 lady of of the bald niece, and uh, we we had just told her. So yeah, the basically the fight of the roof was Chip Bowden, their newfound uh, Fabio hair tiefling, Aries, and uh, three devils. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, well, you guys, you know, you guys had learned about the hole that Bowden put in the roof, overzealous with his hammer. What would you guys like to do? You guys got, like I said, you guys got about 24 hours before the uh, ball that you guys are going to. Anything in particular you'd like to do? Well, we last time we went to the, 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 the person who had summoned the devils was a young lady who accidentally apparently let it get, let the, the critters get slipped. Uh, hey, Ken, she, hold on. I'm getting a lot of feedback. There we go. Well, this is uh, off the rails before it's begun. So anyways, as I was saying, you guys are back at Troll Skull Manor uh, about 24 hours before you've got the uh, Rose Ball. You, Adrock and Kilgrace, you've got introduced to a uh, warrior, uh, Tiefling, but I'll let Ares give you a description and introduction for himself. Well, I'm Ares, and uh, I'm a Red-skinned, long Fabio blacked hair uh, fling. I've got horns coming out that kind of curl around the back of my head like so. And uh, uh, right now I'm a sword for hire. Um, but I do have one question for you, Gary. Did we ever uh, get the payment for finding the lady? I believe they told us to come back later. Yes, you got the payment for it. Oh, okay. They said come back after the uh, after the watch filed their report. They'd verify it and they'd uh, give you. And you know, of course, like any good mercenary, a sword for hire. You made sure you were back there as soon as possible, as soon as you thought the report was filed, and you um, picked up your funds. Wonderful. Just wanted to double check. So we add how many to our respective inventories? I believe I split it between uh, you, Bodwin, and Chipmunk. But uh, unfortunately, George and Kel Grace here, we're, we're not here. Yeah, fancy pants. You need to change your name. 
Yeah. Did we already add that amount in? I'm just double checking here. Not that I'm the one who's really concerned about funds, but I remember adding that generous amount. It was 30 platinum, I believe, to each of us. That was for the uh, devils you guys that you guys killed. And, it was, uh, and it's 300 for the summer. Okay. So we're adding in three 100 gold each for us three. However, Aries wants to split it with you guys. Correct. Um, was, this done, if, was this done before today's session, or can I be generous and share with my new friends as well? You can be generous and share with your new friends if you like. All right, so that would be whatever 300 divided by 5 is. 60. 60 each. I stopped paying attention. 60 what? Gold, 60 gold, pieces. gold pieces. Gold pieces. Got it. So the, uh, the just red... Made, you just made Adrock your best friend. Yeah, the you did. Dark, and I'm also like a dragonish thing, and I like shiny things, so well done. The devil's always in the details. As I understand, the devils are in the ground. You all got a hold of them. <laughs> if you make that joke, you hear one uh, of Well, they did put one through the roof. <laughs> Danica's like, Yeah, we got guys up there fixing the roof again, Bowden. <laughs> Great. Good job. What are they charging us today? Coincidentally, 60 gold. <laughs> <laughs> How much gold did you have? Only 300 gold. <laughs> now, the, re the repair work um, cost you about five gold to get everything. Up and working there at five to ten. Right. About, That's fair. About ten gold. There you go. But everyone it. does not realize is this is not only a D and D game. This is also a real estate simulator. So <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a real estate tycoon D and D edition. D and D edition. <laughs> It'll be followed up by ballroom dancing lessons later tonight. We're a reality show. <laughs> Tune in next week to see what those crazy house people are doing. <laughs> I mean, they could just live with us. Yeah, pretty much. Can't so there's nothing you guys would, if there's anything you guys would like to do, if not, I would, uh, I'll fast forward on to the evening of the ball. I, I think all that I would want to do is just make sure that my, my good clothes are in appropriate going to a ball condition. That would be about it. So Rainier does manage to, uh, help you out and recommend a few good tailors to over for you guys over the next couple of days while they are over the period to make sure you guys are cleaned up and ready and looking presentable. Delightful. You guys head on over to the uh, location, which is uh, the Albrighton's house uh, where the ball is being hosted. I, you didn't let me get ready. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am. I have my apologies. Kel Grace. How would you like to get ready? Sprinkles. And I'm ready. <laughs> Out of curiosity, I have um, a magical item of clothing that if I say sprinkles, it turns into whatever I would like to be wearing. I was going to ask, did you uh, do that in front of the group or did you just sort of come oh, out of the room? Oh, it's so much more dramatic to do it in front of everybody and it makes my day. So, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I did. Strangely enough, it's very similar to the Sailor Moon effect. <laughs> Yeah. All right. There. A silhouette. Oh, good lord. <laughs> well, Kel Grace has got a new stunning move for the. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. You guys head on over into the North Ward district where the ball is being held. It's a very well appointed location. 
uh, for the town of, for the city of Waterdeep. It is basically the house takes up approximately about half a city block for the property and gardens and everything else. Um, it's got the wall around it that would basically that has the manicured hedge and vines to make it look nice and everything else. And you can see carriages pulling up, people getting out and walking in. And, and there's a there's a there's a few small groups that are uh, about the time you guys show. Oh, let me ask you this: you guys show up fashionably late on time, early, slightly later than on time. So you but guys are just get- But here's what I'd like us to do: as we're approaching, I'm going to uh, gather gather the troops and say, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if something weird went down tonight. Why don't we take a moment to just like casually walk around the outside of the building? And see if there are any sort of, oh, convenient exits we may have to run through just in case something weird happens. I love a good reason to be fashionably late. You guys can either give me a perception check where you're just basically moving through and doing casual glances, or you guys can give me an investigation check that uh, you're doing a little bit harder look at how things are set up. Do we want to use my stealth ability here or no? Well, if you guys go as a group, it'll be a group stealth check. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to be stealthy uh, right now. Um, an investigation. Yeah. I would love to investigate around the building with a plus yeah. seven in investigation. The, the stealthy, the stealth would be more of not really being sneaky, sneaky, but just sort of not, not drawing attention. Right. Give your reference. I am very bad at investigation uh, stealth, so I'm disadvantaged. Here we go. Yeah. Let's let's wait and let the people who do the good things do the good things. So. So who's uh, who's walking around the who's walking around the perimeter? I think I'll we walk all around. are, but it's more like certain people who are better at things will point out things to the others. Okay. So, okay. So Adrock, are you? What are you doing? I'm investigating. Okay. I'm up plus this many on uh, perception on uh, what is it? Yeah, I don't know how this stat works because I'm a plus eight on stealth, but a plus two on investigation, and I feel like those should go hand in hand. So apparently, I didn't one's, do that. one's dexterity, one's intelligence. You're not very smart. <laughs> okay, I'm not very smart either. I'm Next. not very smart. Lots of wisdom, not most, not much smarts. <laughs> the stealth is based on a uh, physical a- attribute, the per- the perception and uh, in investigation, based on mental attribute, mental attributes. My lizard brain kicked in. Oh, Intel- intelligence, intelligence is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put in a fruit salad. Fair. My wisdom isn't very high either. I have high intelligence, <laughs> low wisdom. That doesn't surprise me. So we've got Kel Grace <laughs> over there going, I put the death apples into the into the fruit salad. Great. You're not, you're not cooking again. Purposefully. You weren't <laughs> you weren't supposed to eat them. It was not for you. <laughs> Oh goodness. Okay. So am I rolling? What am I rolling? Uh what do you you go on better than me? I hope I'll investigate. <laughs> okay. You'll investigate. Well, am I just gonna like stealthily walk around? If uh, you, you want to be creepy. Like it's a group of us. It's like people are gonna notice us. If you guys want to roll a group stealth check to not be not draw attention to yourself, you're welcome to, which means more successes than failures, by all means. And you guys can all roll stealth. What's our target number? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, nice hat track. Are you gonna just fudge the roll? Because that's what I usually do. I'm guessing I'm not wearing my chain mail right now. That's up to you. What what do you want to wear? Bodie. Well, I mean, we <laughs> kind of knew that was gonna happen. 
I, I was even rolling that with disadvantage, so <laughs> Why? Oh. the next roll might even be worse. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> oh, boy. I just rolled twice. Let's check but... over here for some weird stuff. So is it Ares or Eris? You know, I, I, originally it was Eris, but uh, Gary has stuck with the Ares, and it's kind of grown on me. <laughs> so I think we're going to go with Ares. <laughs> okay. Kind of grown on him, like cordyceps. All right. It's yes. the dyslexia he has. <laughs> yep. I rolled a 23. 17. I got a rock. Why is the wine gone? So you guys move around. As you guys are moving around, you notice that with all the party, with the activities that generally take place within the city and the fact that people are moving around, it, none of you feel like anybody's actually paying a lot of attention to you. They take minor passing interest of watching you guys walk. Looks like you guys are taking a walk around the block to them. But nobody right. really seems to give you the uh, evil eye or uh, you know, constantly keep an eye on you or approach you as you guys go through. What's your investigation rule, Adrock? 19. Good. Adrock, as you're walking around the perimeter with your with your crew, you notice that there is the delivery doors that would allow the uh, a carriage, not the carriage, but some type of heavier delivery that leads more into the back and the kitchen area, things like that. But what's more important, you do notice that there is a uh, door off to the side that's on the side street that actually is much more concealed than you would expect for a door. Um, but what gives it away is the very well pruned vines and everything else. They frame it almost like a uh, like an archway over the door, and you can see the separation of how they keep the vines from gr- growing intertwined. There's just enough of a separation between the growth to make you realize that there is a door that can be used to uh, exit from an, a less obvious point. And it's, hey, what? And it's, it's not an obvious, like, uh, servant's entrance, right? No, it's not, you guys got the clear servant's entrance over by the double door that's wide enough for um, carts and other things. You also saw the main entrance that's there, but you notice this one. And also the way it actually lets out into a bit of the side street makes it harder as you look around to see that doesn't really look like there's anybody that could observe immediately somebody going in or out of that door. Okay. What face of the building is that door on? Uh, it's on the outer, it's on an outer wall and it faces east. Okay. And what's the uh, main entrance to the building? What side, what face is the main south. entrance? South. Okay. So the east side has the, the ghost entrance. All right. Do you want me to roll again as we go around the other, the next side? Well, no, you've got, go, you've got all the way around with them. Oh, wonderful. You've got some interesting capabilities. You pull things out of the air sometimes, which are quite interesting. You wouldn't happen to have something that would give us the ability to see people coming and going possibly from this door, would you? Not in the D&D side of things. Uh, I'm sure sure Pathfinder has it. What would you like to create? Uh, Well, I I do have the ability to... um, I do have the ability to... Let me look at my... What about your homunculus? I, I mean, I could have the homunculus hang out, yeah. It's, it's the low-tech option. The least sexy option? <laughs> I didn't no laser tripwire or anything? No, no. <laughs> let, me, let me look, because I have something that I think will be helpful, but I need to uh, pull it up. C4 installation. <laughs> claymore, Claymore, Claymore. This is, this is why your roll was a two. Exactly. <laughs> My roll was a one. I got a plus one on that roll. <laughs> That's that's terrifying. But All right. starts walking in the opposite direction. <laughs> exactly. So I have magical tinkering. 
but magical tinkering lacks the ability to trip on any you know it's just a five foot radius light or a six second message or an odor a nonverbal sound visual effect what would you like what would you like to try to create with your tinkering yeah i I would actually like to create uh something that buzzes me so if i put if i if i change something and i uh put two pieces across the door then the third in me tells me when someone crosses that threshold it it just buzzes all right combine that with your homunculus and you could have like full coverage i just had this great image of like fancy pants all of a sudden (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well if i if i start smiling uncontrollably you'll know you put it on pulse again <laughs> <laughs> give me an intelligence check there adrock i will 18 nice nicely done you you guys all see adrock reach into his pouch take a moment he pulls out a few different things next thing you know you see him taking the time to walk up to what you guys basically looks like more hedgerow spread across the uh, wall until he points out the door to you. Oh, you see him. Uh, not really sure what he pulls across a small section of the area, but he takes a couple moments, does something, and next thing you know, he says, "Good to go." All right, let's go to the party. You guys head back to the main entrance. Your band, your your jovial band shows up, and uh, you notice that the uh, there's, a, there's a few, I guess, livery livery. People standing out front watching you guys as approaching. Notice that your style of dress, and they just sort of nod as you guys walk your way, you know, walk past the front gate, walking towards the house. And you can see they have the nice lantern set up. You guys can hear the music playing coming out of the open front door. Lights are really set up. You notice that they all have like a, the windows are all rose, like a a, a light red tint to it. You notice that the garden around is all various types of colored roses, even at night for it but when you get to the front who is leading the way in probably kel grace and adrock because i think they're the ones who formally got the invite we're just a lot of plus ones back here our plus ones have plus ones yeah <laughs> i brought him because he makes me look good look good <laughs> as you guys come stepping up uh stepping up to the entryway to the building you notice that older human male steps up to you he goes good evening your invitation please Adrock, that's all you, buddy. Yeah, I I uh, go inside my cloak and I pull it out and I hand it to him. Oh, you actually have one. Darn it. <laughs> if you can't convince him, confuse him. Right. <laughs> can't convince him, confuse him. As they say. He looks at a note. He goes, welcome, Adrock. And he goes and he goes, enjoy the ball. And he steps aside and let's let's let you guys pass. He doesn't question your group and everything else and uh you guys step in you can hear the string music playing in the background you can see the um various food uh food tables laid out but you like when you notice when you walk in instead of it being like a think of it more like a very open room right off the foyer everything's open you can see down into the right of you there's a large open room where the dancing and music is taking place you can see off to the left as you come in there's a table with food set out, people gathering, people mingling with drinks. You notice as you're walking into this location, you see some people walk by a couple very well-dressed guards that appear to be guarding a door that leads downstairs, almost like a basement-type area. But you're gathering at least up at this level. You're probably thinking 40, maybe 50 people are totally within what you've seen so far. 
And as you guys come walking in, you you get that typical, you're walking into a place, everybody sort of looks over you, some nod to you, some do a, you know, various different things and make your acknowledgement. Not a lot of them you see a lean in, start whispering to each other as if they're trying to figure out who you are, they're making conversation. Do we know anybody? Uh and as a matter of fact, uh a few of you do. Bowden, Chip, and Adrock, you guys see a familiar face dressed in a blush colored dress that is very poofy at the bottom to say the least uh it's got a big bustle she's carrying on a conversation and everything else you've seen her before really she provided you with your first job inside of uh Waterdeep. Oh. you're in Castellante is there talking with a talking with an individual a um oh crap the F I forgot what the Catman race is called because <laughs> she has wares <laughs> yeah. Tabaxi, that's what they're called. Uh, there is a rather large uh, feline lake, humanoid, furry talking with her. Uh, she's got a young man standing next to her, sort of looking bored as part of the conversation. Kelgrace, you also notice somebody that... Um, oh, no, my people should not be here. Oh, no, one of them, was, one of them definitely is going to be here. Oh, no. <laughs> Honey? We've got eyes on your party. <laughs> <laughs> Tora is here. The and you know she's she's having a conversation. You you take note that she looks over. She gives you that sort of one eyebrow raise, and other than that, that's about as much acknowledgement as she gets from as she gives to you. But you realize the uh, leader of the dark the leader, of the dark leader of the dark tides has actually been invited to the same party. The other guy, the other individual you notice is Julius Hellstrom, the leader of the Griffin Riders. Is uh, you catch him on the dance floor, enjoying himself and twirling around a, a partner. Any good? Seems to be holding his own. He doesn't have two. He doesn't have two left feet or two right feet, but he he seems to be doing okay. Uh, right. you decide. Can uh, can those two people know that I know both of them? Say that one more time. Those two people that know who I am. Is it a good idea for them to both know that I know both of them? Is this an ex-boyfriend situation? Where you're like ex-boyfriend A meets ex-boyfriend B and then <laughs> fun and be more like did I kill somebody on this side by accident? Oh no, you know you know uh Toro. Have you have you killed so many people that you don't remember Turo. who you've killed? <laughs> uh no, you you know Taru is uh she works she walks in the circles of you know nobility quite well so it's for you it's a bit of a surprise and not a surprise to see her here but like i said she gives you a very very faint acknowledgement other than that not much more she's talking to a gentleman an elf actually big stupid looking hat big purple hat with a big giant feather out of it immaculately dressed and having a good conversation they both have their own wine they're carrying on Bowden looks up and realizes he's wearing the exact same hat. Yep, you are. <laughs> Party so, <fun>. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to go over and make a conversation with her, or do you just want to... Nope, nope I'm good. <laughs> right. How about the rest of you? Well, No, you guys don't make conversation with her either. <laughs> Who? No, no, no. There's, there's, a, there's a board with girlfriend over here. 
I'm going to go check it out because that's how you tell if it's a good party or not. Also, I think there's at least one pony keg. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of disappointed, Bud, and they seem to be serving a lot more wine. What? Yeah. Well, yeah. is it is it wine or is it wine that's got a little kick to it? Depends on the variety you pick. The uh, reds have a little bit more kick to it, but they do have they do have some they do have some beer and they do have a little bit of uh, other spirits. Um, they've got they've got a clear in the dark. So the difference between these is the difference between a tickle and a poke. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. They're like nothing. You know, you get a bit of you get you take a sample of each one and realize that it would take a it would take a lot for you to get the buzz on that you normally get when you're you're at the manor. Uh, all right what's the food like <laughs> ah, food is great smorgasbord of arcuterie of cheeses and meats pretty much all finger food sampling food nothing really going on this'll do other than that <laughs> one grab some food like way too much holding it like you know multiple plates yep step piled high then sort of wander over towards the corner now where these guards are standing holding the door and or, or guarding the door, I go, "Hey, boys, could you open the door for me? My hands are full." Yeah, they. One of the guards looks looks down at you, is like, grabs the door and opens it up, and you can hear a different set of music, a bit of lights going down the stairs, muffled not a muffled conversation only because it's the corridor and everything else. As you go down about uh, eight stairs, and you go into a large open room, and you're like, so "This is all where the." As I go down the stairs, I'm going to set the plates aside gently and then go down the stairs with a little bit more demeanor. Well, you realize this is where the uh, elite of Waterdeep go to gamble. As you basically Ooh. walk into a large gambling den of people hanging out. There's about a half dozen tables with people playing various card games, dice games, even looks like a roulette wheel. You got... Are we talking like gold uh gold open gold to open uh platinum to open or are we talking about don't even ask if you if you <laughs> don't if you want to play don't even ask how much it's going to cost kind of table you take a moment to look around as you step downstairs and you realize that uh most people are probably the tables range from silver to gold to platinum depending on what's going on so you're pretty sure you can get in, into it without much of an issue okay all right i've done my exploration next <laughs> Tipperaries. What kind of uh, what kind of skill would one need to be proficient at these these games? I don't gamble. <laughs> Chips like you get you guys follow Bowden down the stairs. Yeah, I follow. I would yes. go over Bowden's shoulder. I'm curious. Is there does this gambling hall lead to a another room? Uh, it's actually wide open. There are other rooms off where you see. You know, while you're there watching, you see a couple people step into a. See, like a small group open a door, step in. They've got like the gray cloud of smoke that sort of puffs out of it, maybe like a smoking room. You can see a bit of a bar over on the pretty much the opposite wall from where the stairs led down for you all as you walked in there. There's also another door with an icon of an eye that is wide open, but also shut. Don't go in that door. <laughs> oh, now I want to go in that door. Kubrick friends, Kubrick fans know where I'm coming from with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief. <laughs> And this just seems like a good time gambling hall. This isn't like... Yeah. I mean, you get the impression where that this is more of the nobility's of, nobility of Waterdeep instead of going to the gambling halls that are spread across the city in a public eye. You know, they go, they've decided to 
this is where they go to actually be able to enjoy themselves in private without having the eyes of the city upon them. Me as as a as a money loving mercenary, I would love to try my hand at one of these tables. What table would you like to try your hand at? There is a roulette table. There is a card table. Let's uh, let's see the cards. There's actually two card tables. Uh, there's two types of cards. One of them is basically twenty one. Okay. And the other one's basically a game of poker. Let's let's do the the blackjack the twenty one. All right. So how this game is played, just for the mechanics wise, is you you will roll two ten sided dice. Okay. You'll pick. You know, basically, you're trying to get as close to twenty one without going over. Same basic rules as our world of black of blackjack and everything else. Uh, buy in is five gold. Okay, I I uh I definitely. So you walk up to the table, set down your money, you know, and they're like, "Hey, new player, welcome." I think you've got this made because I don't think you can roll over twenty one with two ten sided dice. <laughs> oh, that is true. Uh, sorry, it's uh twelve sided. Sorry. Okay. All right, throw a wrinkle into things. Just had I to relook that, at, I had to relook at my notes. My my bad. <laughs> that that does give a chance to 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 bust. Well, uh, there's more than just one chance. So, okay. So as you say, you get you have a female human dealer dressed as you would expect to uh, be dealing at a table. You've got the you've got a couple gentlemen standing there smoking. They've got one of them's got not his wife or girlfriend on his arm. There's an elf there, and uh, as you as you step up to the table, Bowden, you notice the uh, guy that's wearing your hat steps up at the uh, last position on the table. So there's the table's full with five uh, with five full players, and uh, I'll go ahead and get the dealer set up. And uh, Aries, go ahead and give me your rolls. Okay, close to twenty one without going over. What's the ante? Got a two and a four. Five gold. Right. So you got a two and a four, huh? Yes. I'd suggest a hit. (laughs) I would like to hit, yes. (laughs) Roll me another 12-sided dice. Eight. You're showing 14. You see another... And uh, two of the guys on the table take a hit. You see one of them fold his cards and throw them in. The other collects up his five gold on the the table. And uh, you see... Guy in the purple hat takes a hit and everything else. Uh, his cards are showing. Uh, he's showing thirteen right now. I'm showing fourteen. Yep. So the question is: Is the dealer going to blow it or not? Uh, you see, the dealer does not take a hit. What is? Can what? What's the dealer at? Dealer is showing twelve, and he does not take a hit. You does he have to hit? You does he have to hit under sixteen or something like that? Well, I. Very similar rules to black. You know, he, he's got he's got a level that they got to hit at. And I think once they go beyond that, let once they go, they don't they don't hit anymore. So he made his cutoff, or she made the cutoff. So she doesn't. I think have I to have hit. to hit. I think I have to hit. No, you 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 won. <laughs> I think. Well, I mean, does that mean because the, the, they didn't take a hit, they don't they don't take they can't t- take any more hits from now on? Well, excuse me. So no, once they once she's closed out. So once she flips the other ones. Because you haven't decided to hit or stay, uh-huh. she hasn't flipped. She hasn't shown her second card. She's showing twelve. She's showing a twelve right now. Okay, I think I have to hit. It sounds like it. Three, three out of twelve that I bust. You're at fourteen. Oh, I'm at fourteen. Oh, not twelve. Um. Okay. 
I'm rolling. I got a seven. You got 21. Nice. Wow. <laughs> what a roll. Dealer flips her card showing showing 18. You Oof. take your you get your uh five gold plus five more gold. Nice. I made five gold. You also see the guy with the big hat, the big elf, the elven fellow with the that's wearing the Bowden's hat. Also, <laughs> he he shows twenty and uh, he 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 stays in the game. He, he basically takes his ten gold and puts it back on the table. Um, okay. So and then a couple more people. So if you want to stay in the game for a little bit, you can. I think I I think I'd like to. I want to outlast this guy in the hat. All right. Well, give me a roll. Okay. Two twelves, right? Nineteen. Dealer shows oh. ten. I think I'm gonna stay. All right. You see the other gentleman that you see both the other gentlemen that both humans both hit. They both bust. You notice that the uh, Elven gentleman holds as well. The dealer holds, flips the cards, and shows twenty. Ooh, Ooh. that hurts. He takes. He takes all. She takes all the gold off the table from the players. Okay. I'm at a net law. I mean, I'm not even rather. The elven gentleman with the big hat puts five more gold up. One of the humans walks away. The other one puts uh, five gold up. All right. If he's putting it down, I'm putting it down. Five more gold. Yeah. I'm in. Bloom. Bowden. Okay. You put five gold down, Bowden. Dealer is showing 12. I got 14 again. <laughs> 19. Nice. I will stand. You see the. Uh, uh, you will stand as well. You see the one, uh, the one human he holds as well. You see the uh, elven gentleman flip his cards, showing twenty-one. Uh, that's okay. We're just playing against the dealer. You're just I playing know. against the dealer, so the dealer. But I've got a fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that sucks. <laughs> so Eric, what do you do? I'm in the head again. One more time. Go ahead. I busted. Ah, she collects your gold up. Bowden, what do you do? Uh, what? What do you do, Bowden? Nineteen. I, I have a nineteen. All right, but then she slides five gold to you. She shows right. She shows. Oh, actually, it's a. She shows nineteen as well. So it's a push. She doesn't slide five gold to you. You guys tie. Okay. She won't. She won't deal. So you keep your five gold, and that's all. Anybody else want to play? Is there any way uh, I can like persuade the? Uh... The the El- the Elvis gentleman with the hat and the dealer to do one like high stakes round, put a platinum on the line or something. You want to put a pla- You want to you want to put a platinum on the table? Yeah, let's put a platinum on the table. <laughs> the Elvin gentleman looks at you and goes, "Oh, now this makes it more interesting. It'd be it'd be better if we play against each other." But I'll go ahead and match you. And he pulls a platinum out, and puts it on the table. Uh, you notice the other guys. Basically, like, now nah, we're gonna sit and watch. <laughs> you get, you guys get a few. You guys get a few uh, characters watched. Bowden, you put a platinum on the table as well. Oh, I'm in. All right. Give I also, I, I also, the Elven guy. I look over. It's like, love the hat. <laughs> yes, sir. You have exquisite taste. As do you, sir. <laughs> like, good to hear. Okay, two d12s. Here we go. I got a nineteen. All right. Well, dealer is showing ten. Uh, the elf is showing seven. Oh crap! I think I stay at nineteen. <laughs> I get a sixteen. <laughs> Lucky me! All right, I'm gonna hit. Ah, oh, 
I bust. The dealer, without a doubt, collects up your collects up your platinum piece and Aries. You see I got that, 19, yes. Yep. You see the elven gentleman pull and pull another card and a 12 shows up. And you see him flip his cards, he's busted. He slides the platinum piece over to the uh dealer, and uh the dealer looks at her hand, flips over 19 and pushes along with you. So Okay. You don't make money, but you don't lose money either. And he's like, I think I'm going to go play something a little bit safer that's not going to challenge me too much. Uh, I, I he, nod, he nods to you and uh, departs the table. Wonderful. I, I also I also stand from the table and okay. give a, a, a passing glance to him as well. Yep. After about a half hour of the uh, Bowden, Chip, and Harry's gambling, what do Adrock, what are Adrock and Kilgrace doing in the, in the meantime? Um, Adrock, I was wondering if I could borrow your homunculus. <laughs> are you still gonna call me fancy pants? <laughs> uh, depends on your answer. Depends on what? Your answer. <laughs> oh, I know this is a trap. <laughs> no, I I am not ready to explain my reasoning yet. Okay. But I will. But I just could use a companion that can also actually no you know what i don't want your homunculus i want you hey all right (laughs) a little bit early in the evening but i'll take it (laughs) now that i think about this can you and i just kind of make our way over to like a little bit more shadowy corner don't get too excited and um (laughs) and um i am I know that a raised eyebrow means something, but I'm not sure what it means. Yet. You know, at, at least you know she's acknowledged you. She's acknowledged. Well, I, she's identified who you are. She's kind of right. It could be mean curiosity and everything else, but it's not one of those things of. She didn't have an angry look on her face. She was just. She's not angry. I'm there. I know no. that. Um, what I don't know, because I've been asking a lot of questions, uh, regarding her relationship to certain, uh, missing people, Uh um, if there's anything that I could find out or, you know, if I would have the opportunity to ask, but I know that this is not something where I can just walk over and strike up a conversation. So my thought process is if I kind of put myself on the outskirts with, you know, Adrock being able to make a, you know, hey, nobody else can hear us kind of magical thing if she would be willing to come talk to me. Okay. Let's do it. You guys are having a conversation for about 10 minutes while the other three are downstairs gambling. Ed wandered off. You guys would watch them walk past the guards down, down into the, what effectively would be the basement. And you pay attention to, to Rome. As she eventually makes her way over towards towards you and stops, you guys are over in a bit of a darker corner with drapery. You get the you know you can look out the window, and she sort of stands there for a moment as she walks up to. You. She doesn't really turn and approach you directly, but she gets close enough, and you know she's looking over some of the decorations and goes, "It's such a lovely bouquet of flowers they've picked out for this ball, don't you think?" You know, she's looking at the various centerpieces and various decorations around the room. Absolutely. Why do you think so? Because I'm just enjoying the colors. 
I'm pretty sure they had to do a lot of planning ahead to uh, make sure they got all these flowers in the right bloom. And, you know, that, that takes effort to get them across from wherever they're at to here in a timely manner. Something that is always, you know, good help is always hard to find. And especially good help that can move stuff in a timely manner is even harder. What do you need? She goes, the gentleman I was speaking to may have some business for us. Maybe find some time to talk to him tonight. I can do that. Jarl will be happy to. Jarl will be happy to have a conversation with you. She takes a drink of her wine and uh, turns and walks off. By the time she walks off, Adrock, you notice Viren makes pretty much a beeline approach to you. Good evening, Adrock. I see your circles are expanding. It's wonderful to see you, Viren. How have you been? I have been wonderful. It surprises me that you were here, but you were—you've always been full of surprises since we've met, since we've met on day one. She goes, "Did you replace your other companions?" And she looks over at Kelgrace. Kelgrace is irreplaceable. Well, she wasn't I'm with replaced. you. <laughs> Did you stuff them? Like what happened here? I am not a taxidermist. She sort of nods to you. So, what exciting adventures have you been up to since you've re- since you rescued uh? The seamstress so long, which seems like so long ago when it really wasn't. Had a devilish time lately. Have you? Anything uniquely interesting or just uh, just more of the mundane stuff that goes on in the city? Mm, nothing like the undead walking to uh, get your heart pumping. I've heard stories about that, and they, they've been um, much more animated than usual uh coming out of the city of the dead which you know is you've heard before is uh the name of the of the main graveyard for the uh, city of Waterdeep, which is on the far eastern side she goes oh and about that time the the young board gentleman that she was uh seen with earlier comes walking up and he goes so are we going to dance or anything she's like yes yes we'll we'll get there relax he barely even takes notice of Either you, Kelgrace, or Adrock. And she goes, well... I'm just enjoying watching Kelgrace or Adrock perfectly simulate the dot, dot, dot response from any number of Final Fantasy uh, adventures. (laughs) If you don't say anything, they keep talking. So She goes, well, uh, as I said, it was very nice to see you this evening. And uh, maybe if you're traveling traveling these circles, I'll see you again at one of these uh, parties. And she doesn't exactly storm off in a huff but it is definitely not as the departure is a little bit more chilly than the uh than her approach what'd you do i don't know i mean think think about it me do i know what upsets you like isn't this normal for me to have upset all the women in my life completely cold shoulders a person who comes over and singles them out in a crowd yep <laughs> what did i do oh, i don't know Kill grace <laughs> Give me a intelligence check as you're listening to the conversation. She was flirting. It's the, it's the INT, right? Yes. 22. I'm very intelligent. Thank you. <laughs> so you're listening to the, the voice of Vera and you're listening to the conversation go back and forth. And as she walks away, the last statement as she says goodbye, so the tone and tenor of her voice brings back your memory to the voice you heard while you were in the tower that was talking with Alexa. The one where I couldn't get up the stairs? That's correct. Oh, great. 
Okay. Well, I think that answers the uh, friend or foe question. Clearly foe. So I'm going to share this knowledge with Adrock. Okay. You know, hey, the uh, everything that you just said. Just to refresh my memory, I'm not here at the moment, but we, you pointed it out when we first came in. This was this was the girlfriend that we met in the the the, the bar to the south that was uh, trying to find her kidnapped boyfriend. That's what led us into all this mess, right? That's correct. Oh, okay. And now we know that there's a, a connection. Okay. And now Kel Grace knows that there's a connection between her and Alexis. Bowden, Chip, and Adrock also know there's a connection between Viren and Alexis because Alexis, because you saw her, the two of them together, while Bowden was having a less than cordial conversation with Viren's mother. Oh, that's right. We need a dream sequence where the uh, the narrator inserts that conversation into this track at this moment <laughs> so that we can relive that. So, I'll work on that. <laughs> yeah, okay. So all I have in my notes is that she was seen with a figure dressed similarly to Alexis. So I had a suspicion, but I couldn't confirm it. So about the time about the time it takes you guys to do the uh, conversation, you guys have your, uh, Adrock and Kelgrace, you have your conversation with Viren and Tiro. Chip, Bowden, and Ares are downstairs gambling. What would you guys like to do? I'm okay. Since I'm not gambling... But I am curious to just walk around the room and see if any conversations catch my ear. Okay. You walk around the room. Give me a perception check there. Yes. Yep. You do notice at the, basically the poker table, for lack of a better name of it, which is horrible on, on the DM's part. You notice uh, the a human is sitting there with the various small piles of gold at, at the table and everything else, but something that catches your eye is a rather unique gold ring. Looks like it covers two finger, two to three fingers. It's worn on two to three fingers. It's one large uh, bar that connects all the rings together. But you've seen these in your order before um, and other orders that you've, you've dealt with and everything else. And they use that style of ring is generally a focus tool for magic. You take a moment to look at the gentleman that has it in front of him and as part of his anti pile or part of his uh, gold pile that he's using to gamble with probably a young noble dark hair not not overly no not over bad looking for a human and everything else he's got a drink on him he's just sort of sitting there unlike uh the other players he's got nobody else sitting i mean he unlike the other players at the table it's he doesn't have like one or two people standing around talking with him he's just sort of sitting there by himself and you see him continue to play the, the game and everything. You see, you watch a couple of hands of the game go by. Think of a Texas Hold'em style for poker. Uh-huh. Where they go back and forth, and uh, you see the pile go up and everything else. But you never see him seem to put the ring out there. But it's definitely the one thing that's caught your eye. And you look, and the more you look, and the more you don't think he's part of any order that may actually have need of the ring. So maybe a curiosity thing of how he came in possession of it. Can I roll an arcana to see if I know exactly? Yeah, you can roll an arcana check. Yeah, without inspecting in your hand, you're just going to be a little bit higher. That's well done. 19. This particular ring that you could see with the lights and everything else, it is most likely used to uh, as a transport mechanism, allow you to rapidly move between locations. 
basically a teleport. And just place, not time? Mainly just place. <laughs> Depends on how fast you go. That was a no, physical joke. <laughs> <laughs> For all you uh, STEM, STEM watchers that are listening, you do, you do know that uh, time is a little bit more difficult to jump between, but you do know there are you know, spells as well as devices that will move you between planes. Having focus items helps anchor you, helps you get between planes. You're definitely, you're definitely sure that the ring there is meant for mystical movement uh, between locations. And that is generally locations that are known by the wearer or the user. And uh, I don't recognize, do I recognize or do not recognize this gentleman? No, you take a hard look at him and he's got some, he doesn't look like anything other than some of the nicely dressed nobles that are pounding around. He, you know, he seems to notice you watching him for a moment, looks over at you, sort of nods to you, goes back to watching the game, doesn't really interact, and you see him lose a hand and his pile gets smaller. He goes, like I said, about three hands go through, but by the time the third hand's done, he's looks like he's still at an even pace of where he was when he's when you started checking him out. Uh... You see one of the gentlemen after the end of the third hand that's one of the spots that's hold uh being run by uh, or held by a young lady and her and her partner they stand up and take what what earnings they have off the table and open up a spot oh i would like to sit right down next to him okay. well, i almost got lured in my intrigue about him i don't i shouldn't be gambling do i want to gamble is there a way to strike up a conversation without having to participate would you like to engage him in the conversation I'll oh. see what his are. Okay. Curious who he is. You know, you see him. He's got his cards and everything else, and he's another another round has started. He ante's up and everything else, and he's got a doing that typical coin flip and rolling between his fingers. And he looks up at you and he goes, "Fascinated by the game, are you?" Oh, I'd love to learn, but uh, he goes, "It's rather easy." He goes, "You just have to have the best hand at the end of the after the la- after the last card after the dealer puts down the last card." Oh, my monthly nature, I never I never actually took initiative to, to play or learn. You've never gambled before. I've gambled with my life, but uh no, you see, never, never you see him raise a, you see him raise an eyebrow sort of look at you, and you also get the feeling of uh the you know the person uh sitting on the other uh, sitting in the spot next to you sort of turns and look you hear them turn and look at you and it's like they they go to say something, but they stop themselves short and he's like that sounds a little bit more uh, risky than gambling with uh, with money. Why would you gamble your life when you only have one? Oh, he should hang out with my friends. <laughs> I I think that might not be very healthy. <laughs> be like not purposefully. It just kind of happened <laughs> for the greater good, man. Well, you know, you bring up a good point. If I'm willing to take that gamble, what's the harm in just making new friends over a fun game? He goes, yeah. It's he goes. It's it's a way to it's a way to pass the time, meet new and interesting people. Well, speaking, I was uh, I couldn't help but notice your beautiful ring. I do have a fancy for shiny things. I was curious, is that something from university? He goes, oh, um, he's like one of the uh, one of the last tables I was at. No, not here, not tonight, but uh, one of the other parties I was at. 
it was a uh, put up as an ante and I won it. Don't really know what to do with it, but it's it's gold and so far nobody's been willing to let me put it on the table, but I'll leave it there in case case of uh in case I need it. Oh I don't I uh, goes, I'm just goes, myself. Is there a way to roll an insight to see if he's lying? Yeah, go ahead, roll an insight. Does he really not know the capabilities of his ring? You find it hard to believe that he doesn't know the capabilities of his ring, of the of the ring he has in front of him, but it's it's not improbable. Uh, he goes, forgive me. I am being very rude. Could I offer you a drink? He goes, my name is Ty and Antis. Oh Trying to drink while learning a new game. It sounds risky. Good thing I'm not a hustler. Yes, please. <laughs> He's like, no, but I try to be. And he, smile, he smiles a, uh, you know, the big grin that's just sometimes a little bit over, just a little over the top. He goes, I'm Ty and you are? I'm a, not a shark at work in the room. <laughs> like, but you do have a name, don't you? Chip, call me Chip. Chip Alrug. Nice to meet you. He goes, I am, I'm Ty Antes. Oh, that's a beautiful name. Uh, meantime, Thank I'd you. like to somehow signal to Aries and Bowden to see if they can come offer me a little support for this. Bowden, Aries, give me a perception check, please. While you guys are intrigued in your game. I know, I know where this role's going. <laughs> <laughs> Minus one on perception. So. I got a 13. I got a six. <laughs> <laughs> you picked the wrong ones, Chip. <laughs> so I, I pick up I pick up all of Aries's coins and put them in my pocket. You get distracted by uh, <laughs> a bluish bluish red tinted tiefling that you notice is moving female tiefling moving across the room Bowden, you sort of take the moment to look up look around you're like huh chip's sitting at a table and you notice chip has sort of looked over his shoulder and makes eye contact with you <laughs> and then does the subtle uh, uh, shake pulling the head uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> meanwhile my looney tunes eyes are hearts and popping out of my head <laughs> yeah it's 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 like watching jessica rabbit walk across the room then he then he realizes it's his sister <laughs> all right i'll wander over yeah. casually yeah. As, casual, as casual as Bodhi can be <laughs> oh what's this game here i just casually nod to to chip and to the the, the other dude so <laughs> he goes master dwarf why i don't take you with me on any undercover mission <laughs> well i'm not i'm not i'm not indicating i know who chip is at the moment i'm just so <laughs> no, you get a couple what? of people nod back to you, Bowden, and turn back to the table. What's back the game? Them. Basically, Texas Hold'em is a basic game. Five cards on the table, or three cards on the table, and two cards in the player's hands. Ah. And then I casually give him a signal, a twitch of the eyebrow towards the ring on this gentleman's hand. It, it, it takes you about three tries to get Bowden to actually follow your. <laughs> uh, more and more forceful neon sign to what, what you're trying to get him to peer at. Yeah, I guess I could play a hand. What the heck? So you and Chip swap spots as Chip stands up and lets you sit down, Bowden. Oh, there's only room for one more? Yeah, there's only, there's... Chip's basically taking up the, speed, the seat right now, and he doesn't seem to have engaged in any of the dealing and everything else or anted up anything. So the dealer's sort of skipping over him as, as they're playing around. Oh, I'm not gonna take your chip. I'm not gonna take your space chip. All right, let's deal them then. Okay. All right. The way this game works is 
you will basically gonna use six sided dice. Chip, you get to roll two six sided dice and set them aside for the numbers. And what you're trying to do is get either four of a kind, a straight, things like that, based on think of a game of Yahtzee for this one. Okay, so I rolled a D6 five times. Is that what no you you roll a D6 twice? Uh-huh. The DM rolls a D three D6s and puts them on the table, and you can match them up in any combination. I'll tell you the combination that's there. Okay, so I can just I can go ahead and click twice now. Yeah, go ahead and click click twice. Yeah, you want to roll them separate so you know what the different numbers are. All right, so the first one's a four. Okay. Next one's a three. And one more. Oh, you got two. Never mind. Sorry, I got the three. So, as the ante for this one is also five gold. So as the uh, as the first card comes out, um, you see the dealer puts out a six. Oh, am I giving you this gold, or do I just decrease my gold by five? It's on the table. You haven't lost it yet. It's still your gold. Okay. So everybody goes around the betting and everything else, and uh, nobody changes the bet and everything else. The second card that comes out is a four. So you've got a pair. So you see a couple other. You see uh, Ty next to you. Look at his cards. To, you know, toss another five gold. One of the other players tosses another five gold. The fourth player at the table folds. So you either have to toss in another five or bow out. But you currently have a pair there, Chip. So I either can bow out or I can roll that six set of dice again. No, you. All you got to do is just ante in five more gold, and you stay in, stay in the round. You've got a pair, which isn't bad. Uh-huh. But then it's but then you're, you're playing with six sided dice as opposed to with cards, which have a bigger range. So the odds are that somebody else has a pair is probably pretty high as well. Yeah. What you're looking for is probably at least three of a kind, if not better, or a straight. Um, so you've got you've got a playable hand it's just not a strong hand okay. hmm. i'm whispering this to chip Bowden's over there and he's like yeah, it's it's good to learn new experiences yeah <laughs> the dealer looks at you expectantly chip waiting for your response i'm in all right you talk, put another so you're in for 10 gold yep. 10 20 well there's 20 plus another 15 35 gold on the table. The final card that comes out is a three. Two pair. That's playable. I know. Excuse me. The final card that comes out is out, out's a five. I'm sorry. I was looking at Chip's numbers. Oh. So the dealer's showing on the table four, five, six. You've got a three, four. So it, you, you've got a three, four, four, five, six, which is a pair, I think. There's not enough for a straight. Three, four, mm-hmm. five, six. And this one, they've got a small straight. Oh, there's a small straight? Okay. Yeah. So you've got a small straight. And a small straight. So you've got you've got at least four cards that have that are in the same that are in the numeric order. Uh-huh. So you've got four four dice that are three four five six. And I think keep this going by putting in more. Or yeah. So the the dealer looks over at Ty. Ty look. Ty looks. You know, he looks like he thinks he's got a strong strong hand and everything else, and uh, you see him. Bet ten more gold, move the pot up to um, forty-five. The other guy calls it, so it's fifty-five. Do you want to call for ten? Yep. Okay, sixty-five in the pot. He shows a he shows a pair. You know, ties created the bet for the sixty-five gold on there. He shows a pair of sixes when he flips his cards. Mm-hmm. The other gentleman winds up. He was bluffing. Had nothing. Ooh, went with a small straight. <laughs> there you go. 
So that's 65 gold. That's 65 gold to you. And then... Cha ching. Cha ching. Well, minus your minus your put in, which is 15? 20 total. 20. So you made 45 gold. 45 gold. He goes, not bad for your first round. Oh, yeah. I've got the fever. I want to keep going. <laughs> All right. You look like you know what you're doing. I'm going to wander upstairs. Chip, instead of playing this out, give me a. So I don't bore everybody to death. Why don't you go ahead and give me a. Uh, just give me a d20 roll. You roll anything under 20. You get the guy's ring. Well done. <laughs> you didn't roll one. So you're there for about 10, 15 minutes. You're, you're there for about, I'd say about a half hour longer. And uh, going back and forth, you seem to hold your own. Okay, Ford and everything else. But it, when, it, when it comes down to it, you know, at one point, you see him sort of flopping back and forth with the coins. And uh, he finally folds and says, you know what? I think I, I think I've had enough. You, you see, he was uh, his last few hands have been not the greatest for him. You see him uh, dwindling down, but uh, you gain yourself another hundred and fifty gold by staying at the table. But after you know, after the last hand, you knows Ty sort of collect up his stuff, and uh, I think I'm gonna step aside for a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> that's mostly his one hundred and fifty bucks in her pocket. <laughs> Well, it's uh the other guy bet the other, the other guy bet a couple times big and uh called what he, they were sure was a bluff by Chip and Chip's wound up with four of a kinds, you know, high, you know, four of a kind low and a couple times. So it's it's been a it's been a bit of a fun ride for you overall, Chip, and you know, definitely walked out of there, walked off the table a little richer. Chip and, make them completely out by playing completely sincere. Yeah. <laughs> Beginner's luck. Uh, yeah. could I, is there a way to, I'd like to, uh, and, and Ty's like here to join me for a drink. Can I offer to buy him a consolation drink? <laughs> I won't say no to that. And, uh, I, that ring, I, I know somebody who would love that ring and I did yeah. win some gold. Is there a wonder if we could do an exchange? No, you want the ring. Um, you guys, you know, he recommends the, uh, gets over there and he goes, uh, Bit of a wine corner, sir, and offers you uh, orders a uh, glass of each of you what's known as mist wine, which is a water deep version of uh, elven wine. But he goes, So after you get the drinks, he's like, Yeah, I think I could part with the ring. What, what would you like to offer? And I have not yet started drinking the elven wine, right? No, you haven't. You guys just both get it delivered, and uh, he picks up the glass and pulls the ring out, looks at it, and he goes, Yeah, I think I could part with it. What would you like to offer? I'm sorry. Uh, about the time you say it, you, somebody bumps him and everything, he goes, up, "I'm sorry. What? Would you say ten gold?" Uh -huh. Oh, you know, I don't. I, I think honestly, I'd like to. I think it's worth a little bit more. I think I could. I think just the gold value alone, I probably melts down for about twenty coins. What do you think? And about that time, you're negotiating. The uh, a dark-haired female comes walking up to him and goes, "There you are." It's like you're always gambling. Why? Why can't you? Just stay on task. We got stuff to do. And the dark haired female looks at you, Chip, looks back at her, looks back at uh, Ty and goes, Well, finish up. And Ty's like, Um, okay, you know what? 20 gold, it's yours. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you put 20 gold on the table. He gives you the ring. He's like, He's like, cool. He's like, Thank you very much. It's very nice to meet you, Chip. And, and about that time, the dark haired female is literally dragging him off and they're heading back upstairs. You probably just stole it off of somebody. 
going to come back to bite us. Like I right. feel that very, <laughs> very hard. Yeah. Um, I need to go find Jarl or whatever his name was. Yeah, that's right. The the elf. It's <clears throat> was that the same elf that you guys were just with the hat? With the gambling that was that Bowden was gambling with. Yeah. Yes. Oh, great. So about the okay. time Bowden's leaving the table and everything else leaving the table, Bowden, you're starting to walk back upstairs to find the other two. Wait, is that Mistress Viren? Good Lord, young lady, how are you? Man, she's walking by you and she's like, she stops and she goes, takes her a minute, she goes, Bowden. Yes! Oh my goodness, you look well. How are you, my dear? She's, she's like, you look wonderful as well. Looks like the beard's been uh trimmed up a little bit. Oh, just slightly. I couldn't come out with the usual, you know, been out on the field for a day, Scrag. So, (laughs) Adra, this is is how it's done. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, well, so what brings you to to the Rose Ball? Oh, I'm just following along with my friends. They They had a ticket. They said they needed somebody to help them along to carry them home. I don't remember Adrock being much of a drinker, but maybe the, uh, the maybe the maybe the dra- maybe the dragonborn will probably need to be carried home. She seems uh, she seems less than uh ideal for uh, being with you being with Adrock. They're all wonderful people. They're just a you're just slightly out of out of phase. It's just one of them days of the week. You know how it is. Some days you're on, some days you're off. Oh, well, if you're feeling out of your depth, maybe um maybe one of the dockside taverns are more their style. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. It's just <laughs> new town, new faces. They're just they're just getting accommodated. No, understood. And she goes, I can't thank you enough for uh, bringing Eric back safe and sound. And uh, I would hate to have lo- lost, uh, you know, us and some of the other ladies. Would I hate to have lost such a fine dressmaker of the town? <laughs> well, he does do a wonderful job of keeping you looking your best, and it's truly an appreciate. I speak that as a as an appreciative audience for all of us. He's done wonderful with this gown. I'm very happy with uh, his design. Is it is it one in particular that we had noted? No, it looks like it's something else. He it's he, just another dress du jour, right? <laughs> yeah, just some, he, he seems to uh, come up like a fashion designer, pick out something. It's it's rather you know for your point of view, it might be a little bit more gaudy than everything else. Big flowing bottom big bustle and everything else and the top and all that it's a little over the top with a it's like a blush color and you, you've noticed looking around a lot of the women in here are the colors of the dresses seem to all correspond to various colors of flowers mainly the shades that the roses could be into include like a you've actually seen some blues and some purplish styles as well is this like a, a flower festival kind of dress yeah they yeah that's why they call it the rose ball gotcha rose ball got it okay then i look down Hmm. Guess I was close. <laughs> I probably should have taken his recommendations on color choices, but oh well, close enough. Yeah, the earth tones were good enough. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to casually wind her over towards a slightly less conspicuous corner. Just mm-hmm. chat, but you know how you like, you know, you you don't actually direct somebody over to think, but when you talk, yeah. you sort of shift slightly towards a a, a direction where people yeah. aren't. You guys basically, you you know, you guys are you did encounter in the hallway and everything else, uh, the hallway, and you notice the young man that's on their arm seems to be, exactly, you know, seems to. For, he's for tuned out. <laughs> yeah, he's, he he huffs for a minute, and goes into his drink, and she looks over and it's like, 
Derek, why don't you go get go go refill our drinks, please? As you guys, as you step over out of the main thoroughfare to not be bumped into or casually jostled around. Uh, and as Derek goes, I'm going to profusely thank him for him helping us. Just, I'm going to try and make sure that he doesn't have overt hostility and think that I'm trying to like take his woman or anything weird like that. It's just like, oh, you are being such a kind, helpful person. And I just love that about you people in the water, the, the water deep. You know, kind of just rolls his eyes and walks away. Oh, so he's just a dick. <laughs> Pretty much. That's the good summation. All right. <laughs> so, uh, my dear, I did want to ask you about something. Our mutual friend. And that would be? Well, there's a young lady who's who's conflicted. Are you speaking of Alexa? Yes. Yeah, she is she is quite the troubled soul, isn't she? She is indeed. Ultimately, I'm trying to find something that will lead uh, the path that, that she's going down often leads to ruin. And the last yeah. thing I ever want to see is anyone cast upon the rocks of the world. Oh dear, is she really going down a dark path? Well, yes, I, I would have to say about as dark as you can get. Well, I mean, she lost her father and her mother. She lost both her father and mother at a young age, so I, I, it's hard. I can't, I can't see where it would be easy for her, especially with a, as inattentive as her uncle is to her. So, He's trying, and he does try as much as he can, but, but she, she has access to things that while she's trying to make the world a better place in her own way, she may be going about it in a bit of the wrong way. And ultimately, it may end up causing her more damage than what she's hoping. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's best for her to find her own way to, to fight through whatever she's dealing with. Well, I got the impression that you were, you were a, a guiding voice on her part. Someone who was there for her, always behind her, trying to help her find the right path. Is that not right? Oh, no. I mean, uh, Alexa's definitely been part of my circle for quite a while. And she's been a um, very, very valued member with uh, her free spirits and her well, those, willingness to, willingness some of those to free on. spirits are the things that I'm referring to, the ones that perhaps got free in the root in the streets a few days ago. I'm sorry. You, you talking about that uh, unsettling up, uh, uprising? Are they... Uh, the 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 city guard said a bunch of the young, the dead walked out of the city of the dead out of the graveyard. That that did cross my mind. Yeah, it goes, how would Alexa be involved in that? Nobody's listening to us, right? You, you take a look around. Give me a perception roll. Okay. Oh, I didn't bode it. You're pretty sure nobody's really paying attention to you. Wait, that it said it said sixteen on the top. What the heck is going on with that? I saw six. You saw a six. Yeah, I see, well, yeah, six, I see well. six here, but I was looking at the die on my t on my screen, and it had a. Now, granted, it was sort of tilted between a six and a three, uh, between a sixteen and the three, but the sixteen. Oh well, I'll take <laughs> what it said. Um, I'm not going to gripe. All right, so it's, it looks like we're alone. Private conversation, as far as I can tell. You know, it's it's a party. I mean, very few. Everybody's in, indulged in their own part in, in their own conversations and everything. 
between the music and movement and all that. So you you don't seem to have nobody's sitting there mugging you or giving you the eyeball going, hey, I want to listen in type stuff. So speaking candidly, my dear, you have no idea about what she's been trying to do as of late. I haven't seen Lexa vanished about three days ago and I haven't had any contact with her. Give me an inside check, Bodie. Okay. Is she lying? <laughs> okay, that is a straight up 18. Is that what it says for everybody else? Okay, yes. I got a total of 21. You are very positive she's lying to you. Okay. So I see. I think what you need to do is understand that I truly am trying to help her, truly trying to help her. At the same time, the things that are going on, the things that are happening are not going to help her in the way that she wants. And I could really use someone to help me help her. Maybe true that the path you believe she's on is may not be the right path, but at the same time, it could be a. It may be just path. as well. It could be a path that heals better than any other path. Well, it's definitely better than rampaging creatures of the night through the street. <laughs> she gives you a, a more of a smirk than a smile. She goes, "Well, what?" What would you like me to, how would you like me to help? About that time you see her raise her hand and uh, give, basically give the wait, uh, the, the standard wait one minute sign. Mm -hmm. As you look over your shoulder, you notice that the, maybe her date for the night is holding um, two, two glasses of a uh, drink as he's uh, trying to approach. Gotcha. Okay. I see that our time is coming to an end. Um, I tell you what, I know of an inn down by the waterfront. I give her the name of the inn. Just pick one. <laughs> Perhaps I could speak to you in more detail tomorrow there at around noon. A, a, a quick lunch, if you may. The Wandering Mare is the name of the tavern you give her. Very good. Tomorrow, I will see what I can do. I appreciate that. Did you say noon? Yes. She goes, okay, well. And you, you see her step over towards her date and everything takes the glass. She goes, oh, thank you very much. He's like, can we dance now or something? She's, is she asking me to dance? Or is no, she, yeah, that, no. That's, the, that's her date. <laughs> Looking at her like, well, by all means. Uh, I, I and, bow. And then... <laughs> she basically nods to you. She goes, Master Dwarf. And uh, you see the uh, young man that's on her arm that's walking over, reaches out and basically hands you his glass of whatever. And it holds it out to you, towards you to like take it. Hold, hold my drink while I go dance with this person. It's like, yeah. of course. All right. You guys have done a lot of different things. Kelgrace. As you're moving around, you walk by Bowden, who seems to have suddenly is engaged in Viren and everything else. And as you make a quick round through the area, you take a, as you start to pass the guards and head down into the gambling den, you notice uh, Jarl is coming up, up the stairs, and you guys almost basically run into each other. And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I should pay more attention as I'm stumbling up the stairs a little drunk. No problem. Wasn't watching where I was going either. We have a mutual friend, I believe. Ah, so she said I might ah. might uh in, be able to talk business tonight. Come, let's uh find a place a little bit more suited to uh, discuss business. You see him turn and walk through the uh, crowd and everything. You know, walk through the halls a little bit down and comes. You come to a set of nice carved oak double doors and everything else, and what you'd expect to probably be like a study in the house or something. You see him. The open. You see him open the doors and he open the door and step in. And he goes, "Please, we'll at least be away from uh, the distractions of the evening." 
Sounds great. I'm staring down Adrock to make sure he's got my six here. Adrock, you notice that Kel Grace has wandered off with uh, the tall elf that has the floppy that that that's wearing the matching hat of Bowden. Go ahead. I, I follow at a discreet distance, and um, I, I actually sent my homunculus to uh, to go from above. Your homunculus is it a flyer or is it just a glider? It's it has a flying distance of thirty feet, I think. Okay. You want to see if it can make it through the door just before Gerald shuts it? Yeah. Okay. Give me a dexterity check for your homunculus. <laughs> Roll entertaining. <laughs> right. The, the plot twist is better than the actual role. Uh, would you say dexterity? Dexterity. I think that'll do. Twenty-one. You see the homunculus go up, fly up a little higher than you know, up towards the actual ceiling and the hallway and everything else. And just as the door is closing, sort of swoops in, and you hear the door. You're almost sure your homunculus was going to get slammed in the door, and you hear the door click, and you don't see it fall to the ground or anything else. And you know your homunculus made it inside the room just fine. Woohoo! Well done, Adrock. Make sure. I'm still at the, the gambling tables, correct? Yeah, you're still moving around with the gambling tables and everything else. You've got, you see Chip was over there gambling, had a conversation at the bar and everything else. And then you see a, the person he was talking, or Chip was talking to, gets pulled away by a, a dark haired female. Are you looking to gamble or are you just looking to watch the tables? No, I'm just uh, watching that ta- table, still distracted from the. Uh the tiefling that went by yeah so aries is sitting at the table he's feeling all all hot he reaches over pulls in a, a small stack of 10 gold is like ha, ha, ha. then looks over at chip and chip's got like this pile of gold it's like rake <laughs> yeah chip seems to be doing a little bit better than you but back over to kel grace you see uh Jarl's, you know step in the room and he immediately walks over towards the uh a table with a decanter and a couple glasses and pours himself Pours himself a drink that's out of the decanter, pours one for you, and uh, holds it out to you, Kel Grace. Excellent. I'll accept the drink. I'm not sure I'm drinking it yet, but... Yeah. You see him raise the a, raise a drink and, and take a drink of it himself. He goes, so, Tarot has told me that you are very good at moving goods in and out of the city. I have been known to do that. I have a need of a, a talents like that. And about the time he says that, you both hear a... You both hear glass shatter behind you in the room, like something falls to the floor, and you guys spin around. You can see the the stem. You can see the nice glassware where the stem and the the glass itself has broken, has fallen from a. Uh, looks like it was sitting on a chair and falls over, fall off the chair, and lands on the on the hardwood floor and just shatters. But to your surprise, when you look over there, you notice that. Uh, what you thought was maybe somebody who left the glass behind and just sitting in a per- precarious position. You guys notice a pair of legs. Uh, even though the chair's basically almost got his back to you, you've got a small view of the area, but you guys notice that a pair of legs are sticking out from underneath it. Of course there are. Like, why? Okay. You go, You see, you're all sort of look up. He's like, eh, probably be better if we check. We probably should have checked the room first. And he starts walk. You know, and he doesn't start walking over there, but he sort of looks at you to see what, see your reaction. It's been wise. Um, I guess we should check this one out. You walk over there. <laughs> Are you going to tell me what I see, or do I have to figure it out? No, as uh, you you walk as you walk over there, uh, you walk around the side of the chair, and you see a elderly elf, 
not quite to the point of geriatric, but definitely an old, definitely get into that point. His head is slumped forward. He's very dressed in very, very nice clothes. Um, what you would expect to be of a more of a senior noble. You notice he's sort of slumped down in the chair. The hit the chin is slumped to the chest. You notice there's a little bit of frothing in the mouth. And he's oh. unmoving. Great. I'm gonna check for a pulse. All right, you reach down. Give me a medicine check. Adrock, as you're standing there, you notice uh, a couple of gentlemen start, suddenly start running, quickly move past you towards this double oak door that you saw Kelgrace and Jarl move through. Uh, you don't feel a pulse. Nope, I do not feel a pulse. Yep. I I follow them into the, into the room. You see them literally burst in the room as Kelgrace. As, what you see is you see the uh, tall elf Jarl standing over by a table, holding a drink in his hand. You see Kelgrace over at a chair, sort of leaned over, checking mm-hmm. on something. You see the two guards come burst in the room and go, and literally go, what's going on? Stay where you're at. Kelgrace, the door right. bursts open behind you just at the same time you are taking time to check the gentleman's pulse. And you notice the both of them seem to have sword pummels or sword handles uh, in their hand, but there's no blades on them as they come into the room. They have sword handles with no blades? Yeah, so think of it just like the handle with the crossbar there. Yeah, um, but there's so they don't really have swords, they just have handles. To your perception, they don't look like they have swords, no. Sorry, that was just a really funny mental picture. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm gathering is this was 100% a setup. Uh, so as you're standing in there for the moment, you sort of look around and it's like, you see the one it's a male and female. You see the female walk over to you, and as she starts to approach you, she points the sword handle at you, and sees the sword grow out of the handle, oh, blowing. Okay. And uh, she goes, please back up. And you see the other gentleman that came in with her comes up and tries to shake the older elf awake and realizes that he's not waking up. Right, right. Um, hmm. And do you see Gerald sort of standing there for a moment? And uh, looks over at Adrock coming in and uh, sort of looks around and goes. Yeah. And he and the one guy that's basically did the exact same thing you just did to check with a pulse and everything else goes, hold them both here. We need we need to fetch. We need to fetch a surgeon quickly. And uh, you see him dart out of the room and she looks at the both of you and says, please don't go. Please don't move. Stay where you are and stay where I can see you. And she moves in a position to where she can see the both of you. They look at you, Adrock, and uh, he. As the guy comes running back to you, he just sort of passes you without. He kind of looks at you for a moment and keeps on moving, not understanding. Why you there? What do you guys okay. do? I mean, Adrock, who are we looking for at this party? Like, what was your mission? I have no idea, honestly. At this point, I think it was to gamble and to mingle. No, we ha- we were looking for somebody specifically. Oh, then we failed. Your your mission on this was the reason they sent you here was to help root out a. Suppose a dark elf spy that was uh, having it, it was in the party as well. That was that had come to the ball to for their own purposes. They wanted you to identify this individual. I think we found him. Yep. Unclear if he's the one that I'm talking to or the dead one, though. Um, I mean, no matter what, I look guilty as hell. So I can't talk your I can't talk your way out of this. You have to talk your way out of this because I didn't see what happened. Remember? Yeah, but you you sent me a friend. I did. What can your friend do? Your friend can't do anything, can he? Uh, 
I can use what he saw and display it. Okay, that would be helpful. But uh, only if only if you can't talk yourself out of it. I'd rather not sh show off that particular ability. Fair. So, as you guys well, are... I, like, there's no good reason for me to have walked into this room with this guy. Like, Well, maybe you two are getting it on. Like, you know, it's, yeah, I've been drinking. True. Uh, how drunk can I act? How drunk do you want to act? Drunk enough to not be able to kill somebody. Why don't you give me a performance check? Okay. I have a plus zero on that one. That's not great. I do have a plus three on persuasion, though. Huh. Yeah, persuasion will be will be a different point, but the performance will be for now. Okay. Eight. Okay. You rolled an eight. As you're sort of standing there stunned for a moment, realizing the situation that it looks like around you, you notice that the male comes back and he's got a couple other people until you see... Uh, which you guess would be a doctor. Um, and behind him, you, you notice Julius Hellstrom, the leader of the Griffin Riders, comes striding in, curious to see why a, see the commotion that's sort of different from what, what the rest of the party is going on. And, and Julius looks over at you, Adrock, and sort of nods to you. Um, he looks around the room to see what's going on. And the doctor seems to go up to the, uh, the old elf that's in the chair and takes a few moments doesn't take more than a couple minutes and he's like he looks up at both the uh two guards that came rushing in the room and sort of shakes his head and uh looks around the room for a moment and grabs a uh, blanket off one of the back of the uh other seats like the throw blanks that are up there and lays it over the elf to cover the body he goes uh best i can tell looks like might be something he drank didn't was not agreeable to him and he looks around and he goes, who's in the room with him? And you see the, the female guard that actually has a sword out points to both you and uh, Jarl Kelgrace. And mm -hmm. she goes, these two were. <laughs> uh, you also notice that Adrock, you notice that when the guard says that, you notice Julius sort of steps back out of the room, or he doesn't step out of the room, but he, you see him pick something up off his belt and goes, um, please send, he basically simply says please send me some guards to me uh some city guard to me now and uh the the doc says you know he goes we, we need to fetch a uh need to fetch a clergy to uh a priest to at least send him on his way safely and uh you notice the male guard nods he's like i'll go get one the rest of you are starting to as you guys are at your table are starting to hear them see a different commotion see a different shift in how the uh party's going and uh these people are whispering and talking it's probably been maybe five ten it's been maybe no more than 10 minutes and there's a shift in it you know as people are some people are starting to get uh gather at the uh end of a hallway that everybody comes into but there seems to be a couple people holding them back and everything else so chip Bowden, and aries you guys you'll hear a murmured conversation that says oh looks like that basically says you know, somebody might have died. Somebody might have passed away at the uh, during the party. What? I persuade them to, you know, think That's it's just a rumor. <laughs> well, give me give me a persuasion there, Aries. Okay. Well, I don't persuade them. Well, you you take a moment to. He goes. Well, I don't know. He's like uh, one of. He's like I heard somebody over say the guards were running back and they said they need to fetch a priest. So, what do you need a priest for at a party? 
Yeah, so stuff like that. Adrock yeah. and Kelgrace, as you guys are standing there, uh, you guys surprised to see Father Dumas walk in. Um, <laughs> and he's got a couple guards with him that are escorting him in. Great. And it all comes full circle. <laughs> oh, okay. It's Chip, the greatest close... party. Yeah. yeah. Chip, how close are you to us? Yes, I. Yeah. Uh, Chip, Aries, and Bowden, what are you guys doing? I want to come find you guys and tell them about the sweet night I had. <laughs> Chip, I love you. Chip, as you go as you're going upstairs to go find your companions and everything else, you you know, you catch the commotion and everything else. And it, it's kind of a intriguing to see everybody sort of standing around the hallway having a conversation. The dancing seems to have stopped for a moment and everything else. And you've got guards that are sort of have cordoned off part of the hallway. And you catch Towards the end of the hallway, through a set of double doors, so through a set of wooden doors, you can see the you can see Adrock standing there, just inside of a room. You even see Julius Hellstrom, the leader of the Griffin Riders, standing there as well. There seems to be a conversation there, and there's much like you would expect when something goes on, when guards create space and everything else, they're making sure people stay back. You got the the two guards, and you got Julius. So sort of look around, and it's like, who else has been with him tonight? Who else is who else has been in this room tonight? And they're like, uh, they step out. And start heading over towards the guards that guard that are guarding the uh, area to the gambling hall. And Chip, as you're standing there, you hear Julius basically look at him and goes, "Who, who have you seen going that room tonight?" And they, you're kind of surprised listening to the guards. They describe people. They, you notice they're very observant about what's going on. They describe a uh, the dark-haired female you saw with Ty. Mm-hmm. They describe Ty as well. Yeah. They describe the elf with that's copying Bowden his hats and they describe a older human female probably not very advanced but you know much older than you'd expect and um a young uh a young man that they simply describe as the banker and Julius for a moment says basically looks at the guards and says find them now and bring them to bring them over to this room and you see the, the two guards step away and immediately start moving through the area it takes about 10 minutes people sort of milling around what's going on but the people that the five people they describe they walk them right back they walk them back into the room at back through the crowd included in that list say again uh somebody putting the description of calgrace was not included in that list you haven't oh, seen calgrace no yeah i i was already in the room so they didn't need to come find me okay yeah. oh no okay well yeah they do they do describe calgary you're right. They do describe both Kelgrace and Adrock as well. Uh, and they also describe the older, they also describe a very old elf, a very old elven male. And have I connected the dots as to the nature of why they want to round up suspects? Give Those me an intelligence check. Right, sticking I, I understand that there's it's a murder scene. Why don't you give me an intelligence check there, Chip? You don't necessarily understand it's a murder scene, but you do understand something's going on. And it looks like Adrock and Kelgrace are right in the middle of it. You know, it's Tuesday. It's a normal, you know, it's a normal Tuesday night. So they've, so I see Kelgrace, Bodie, and Adrock coming towards the spot. Eris, is he within sight? Well, Kelgrace, Kel, you you don't see Kelgrace, but you do see Adrock standing the door. Um, Bowden and Ares eventually make their way up the stairs and sort of look at you, Chip, like what's going on. About that same time, you see those guards escorting several people back into the um, double door areas. Do I see the corpse? 
No, it's not visible from the hallway. Okay. But you do see Father Dumas step in. He walks past you and, and heads into the uh, the room that you notice that Adrock's standing in as well. I follow him. Okay. As though, as though I were with him. <laughs> I'd like to accompany Bowden on this. Why don't you guys give me both a performance check? Ugh. Actually, I'll let you choose. Performance, persuasion, or deception? That just for Bodhi and Eris, or is that for? Are you going to join them? I want to join them. Go ahead. Choose one of the three. 19. Persuasion on my part. I also did persuasion. Mormon's 21. <laughs> Do you guys basically step in? Uh, you move through the crowd at the same time as the rest of the guards are moving through the crowd. Get Hal Barge right in our face. Whap! <laughs> no, you actually managed to step through the door and everything else. And as you step through the door, you notice two guards uh, shut the door. And Julius takes what would be basically known as best described as sort of center stage of the room and goes, well, it would seem we have a unfortunate situation that, uh, that I will need to detain and speak with each of you before the night is through. And with that, I think we'll bring, bring this episode to a close. Oh, man. I mean, dun, dun. I finally got a plan. <laughs> like, this whole time I've been trying to figure out how I'm getting out of this, and I finally got a plan, and I'm not going to remember it next time. It's going to be great. <laughs> Did we manage to get everybody in the room? That's the important thing. <laughs> write it room. down in your notes, <laughs> and we'll go from there. You've got notes in D&D Beyond. Write it down, and you won't remember what yeah. it is, but at least you'll have it written down. I was going to say, it's, it's 11 o'clock, so I don't think you guys want to. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, this, this could take a while. Ending on a cliffhanger is always a good story tactic anyway. Yep. Oh. Oh, we've never encountered that. No. No. What a plot. Chip, you you inspired this plot. Miss Scarlet. I did enjoy the... uh, It took me a moment to find it, but it was Kelgrace and the drawing room with candlestick made me giggle. Well, I'm glad you guys all caught that because that's that was the intention. Yep. We'll, see, we'll see how well I can run it. <laughs> oh boy, it's gonna oh, be great! Guys. You know, a, a full-blown, you know, detailed analytical mystery surrounded by usual player character shenanigans. What could go wrong? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing. 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 Oh. Clue. D&D. Come off without a hitch. <laughs> And who would have thought with all the card games that Clue would be the one that was most, uh... So, it was Kelgrace in the parlor with the candlestick. It would seem the Rose Ball was a kind of who's who of the people our adventurers have encountered. A fortunate meeting with Viren may have informed our adventurers about her true nature. Kelgrace's surprise encounter with the leader of the Dark Tides led Kelgrace to a meeting with a sharp-dressed elf and resulted in a secret discussion in a private room that led to the discovery of a deceased male elf. Kelgrace is caught examining the body by the bodyguards of the deceased elf. How will Kelgrace defend herself? And how will her companions help discover the true events? Tune in next time to see how this chaos plays out. Thank you for listening to Smash, Loot, and Roll. See you next time, and take care.